Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. All right, Timothy. And uh, I'm going to start reading chapter 4. I'm going to read to the end of chapter 4. I've got some other scriptures we're going to highlight. Thank you for our media team. I've asked our media team to have something special for us today. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But for a, a moment this morning, I want you to hear Paul's words to Timothy. I think they are appropriate, and I think it's the Lord impressing upon me, impressing upon me. Father, help me. Where's those coffee shop people again? (laughs) To share this with us today. I'm going to read, and I'm reading from the 1984 version of the NIV. And the reason I make a clarification, because all of your Bible apps are the 2012 version. And I'm not into the 2012 version. I don't like the way they substitute some of the phraseology. And I don't like uh, the way they word some of the things in there. It's almost like it's not even the NIV. You want to pay careful attention to what Bible you're using. They're not all the same. And uh, so let's take a look. So what I'm reading here may not be exactly the words that pop up on there, and they may not be the exact words on your Device. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Ouch. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. As with a hot iron, they forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is be to rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. If you point out these things to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus. Say that with me. You will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, and for this we labor and strive that we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all men and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Set an example for the believers in speech and life and love and faith and impurity. Till I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through the prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent. Say that with me. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. uh, Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Father, come speak to us today. I know you've clearly spoken to me to share this today. So give us the hearers to hear. Give me an anointing to communicate this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey, you may be seated this morning. Thanks so much for being here on this beautiful weekend. I don't know what other plans you have, but today it is God's intention for you to hear this brief word. And I'm going to highlight two things that Paul is saying to Timothy. Timothy didn't write the book of Timothy. It was written by Paul. Let me do a little teaching real quick just to help you if you're not too familiar with some of the Bible and what it's made up of. The New Testament is made up of some different parts. You have the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're all about the life of Jesus. Then you have the book of Acts, which is about the beginning of the church and the role of the Holy Spirit. And then you get to epistles. It's a big, weird word, epistles. Nobody says epistles anymore. Hey, I got an epistle in the mail this week. Minister Barry wrote me an epistle. It means a letter. Okay, you get letters in the mail from someone. Maybe you got a letter from some other people. That's what it means. It's a letter. It's a Greek word for letter. I don't know why we still say it, but that's what it is. Epistles. And then you have some books of the Bible at the end. You got the book of Revelation. It's prophecy. We got these epistles, and the apostle Paul wrote most of them. And they are written to churches. They're written to Christians people growing in the Lord. And even the epistles are broken up into some categories that we made up. The writers of the Bible didn't make them up. We kind of just make them up to help us understand the groupings of the epistles. And the book of 1 Timothy is one of the pastoral epistles. Maybe you've never heard that before. Pastoral letters. Giving you some Bible knowledge today. Pastoral epistles were written for leaders in the church to understand what's supposed to be happening in their church and what's not supposed to be happening in the church. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. The Apostle Paul is actually at the end of his life when he's writing these. He's in prison. Timothy's way over in Ephesus. Paul's in Rome at the end of his life. He knows it's the end of his life. In fact, the book of 2 Timothy, the second letter he wrote to him, is Paul's last writing. And he knows his time is coming to an end. So he's helping Timothy, who he left in Ephesus. That's where he's writing the letter to. And he's very concerned so Paul's great concern you can, is brought out in the book of First and Second Timothy, his concern for the churches. His concerns include the apostasy, the falling away, that people, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be people of God who fall away from the faith. They're going to hear something that's not quite true and gravitate to that and eventually lose out and keep walking away from the faith and from truths. He's also concerned that Timothy understands what good leadership in the church is and what it isn't. He makes it very clear who to raise up into leadership. That's why he says right here and in other places, good minister. A good minister, this, does this, teaches this, is this. 
Paul is also concerned about operating with authority and church order. All these themes are coming out in the book of Timothy and in Titus as well, and in Thessalonians. So those are the pastoral epistles. And Timothy is reading this letter so that he can understand how he's supposed to operate in Ephesus. Because one of the great themes that Paul is writing about here and that Timothy is supposed to operate in is dealing with false teaching. What is a false teacher? Oh, they're weird people that dress weird, they talk to invisible things, and they go around establishing cults. Is that the only type of false teaching? No, it's not. I was so stirred this week. As I was driving around listening to Christian radio and hear songs with theology that's incorrect. I was so upset whenever I hear a song on the radio that does not line up with God's word, I immediately start talking to whoever's in my car, usually my kids, about what the word really says. It irritates me when I hear worship songs that are not out of the Bible. They're out of somebody's experience or somebody's dream, or they're shaping truths to fit their life instead of their life to fit truths. Okay, let's take a look because Paul is warning. This is a warning to Timothy. Watch out. There's gonna be some folks show up with presenting truths that are not truths and your people are gonna believe it. And there's gonna be people that buy into it and slowly, slowly start drifting away from true north and follow something that looks and sounds like true north and in the end, they've shipwrecked their whole life. Let's take a look here. The summary of what Paul is saying, take a look at verse four, uh, excuse me, 15 and 16. It says, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. Watch your life and doctrine. Look at the person beside you and say, life and doctrine. Paul wraps it up. His summary here is your life, your doctrine. Maybe you've never heard that. Probably you've heard it the word less than you've heard the word epistle. <laughs> doctrine. What does that mean? What is doctrine? Why does he say it? And he says it, if you've ever read through Paul's writings, you hear this come up quite a bit. Doctrine, keep to the sound teaching. And he gives, in, in a lot of his writings, especially in the pastoral epistles, he warns the leadership teams over and over again with, about people who are spreading what he calls old wives' tales. He wasn't picking on a demographic in the church. If there's some person, if there's an old wives, don't listen to anything they're saying. That's not what he's bringing up here. He's using it to reference myths and arguments about what's true in the scripture and people that have made up things to fit their life and then want you to buy into it and follow them. 
godless myths he refers to. In verse 7, he says, have nothing to do with it. I want to bring up some other scriptures here that Paul, I'm just going to read these to you. He writes to the Romans, I urge you, brothers and sisters, watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching. The teaching. Contrary to the teaching. You have learned. Keep away from them. For, not, uh, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. I hope that's not you. I hope you're not naive people. I'm here to help you today. To bring to your awareness that there are, this exists today. It exists on the radio when you're driving through. Smooth talk and flattery. I like to listen to sports talk radio. I don't like, I mean, I don't listen to it as much as I used to because I get so irritated at all the propaganda coming through. It's no longer about who won and what the records are. And now it's all about pushing agenda, pushing agenda. And our government has this agency called the Ad Council. Have you ever heard that? This message is sponsored by the Ad Council. Maybe you've never noticed it before. It's a propaganda network. And our tax dollars pay for people to advertise agendas. Over and over and over again. What are they trying to do? They're trying to persuade you to buy into something because what you hear and believe becomes your life. It's where your money goes and it's where your children go. It's where your children's children end up going. So uh, the media channels and organizations of the world spend billions to persuade you. To persuade you. It's the same thing we're talking about right here. Oh, that, that would never... Anyway, let's go on. All right. Let's take a look at what Paul says to 1 Timothy. Uh, what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Listen to these words. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Watch your life. Let's go to these two things. Watch your life. Paul over and over is warning the, the listeners, the hearers of his epistles, his letters, Watch out. Watch out. So today I'm here briefly to tell you, watch your life. This section here that I just read, we read together, and then Paul summarizes at the end, has two themes to it. The first one is godliness, sound doctrine. Godliness. He compares it to an athlete who is striving to improve. Paul's writing to people that were heavily influenced by Greek philosophy, okay? In fact, the New Testament is written in Greek. So the, the Greek mindset is what Paul is addressing here. And the people that read this are going to have a Grecian, you know, in the back of their mind, the way they believe the philosophies of their life. So he brings up the beautification and the 
training of people towards their bodies. In the Greek culture, they worshiped bodies. That's why you see all this artwork, statues from the time frame, they're of people's bodies because they, uh, you know, uh, an important facet of their culture was the beautification of their body. And so they would invest effort and energy and money and training to get their body looking like what the culture said it should look like. So they go through all these regimens to make sure that their body is acceptable to everyone else and they fit in. And Paul's writing to Timothy saying, to the extent that the culture is investing to make their body look amazing and fit in and in shape and whatever that even means, we're all a shape anyway, but anyway, to look a certain way. Take that same amount of effort and apply it to how much godliness you're putting into your life. Paul is urging Timothy as a minister of the gospel. Let's pause right there. Say, Pastor Kirsten, there's no minister in front of my name. You've missed what the word minister really refers to. Don't miss this. A minister is every person who has turned their life over to Christ because the word minister really means servant. Every person is a servant of Jesus Christ. When you're on your job and you're making Jesus look good, you're serving. When you pick up after someone, maybe you work in a restaurant and you're worshiping and you're cleaning up, you are a servant. In your home, I'm doing dishes. I'm being a servant. My kids don't call me Pastor Kirsten at home. They call me dad. But I'm the same. The word pastor or minister in front of our staff's name doesn't make a designation away from serving. Every person is a minister. So what Paul's writing here is really in it's really to all of us because we are all servants life group leaders you're a servant you serve on a team that's why we call it serve on a team you're ministering on a team so paul is telling timothy in reference to being a good minister spend more time and energy and effort training for godliness than anything else. He's elevating the quest for godliness above all anything else in Timothy's life. This should be your greatest quest because it has benefit for everything else in your life is living godly. Where do you find yourself in that? Where is your striving? Paul writes to Timothy, for this we strive You know what that word strive means? Imagine a runner who's exhausted and here comes the finish line and he's almost there, striving. I gotta get there, I gotta get there. Paul says we strive for that because that's where all of our hope is. Take a look with me. Verse nine, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance and for this we labor and strive that we've put our hope in the living God. All of our hope is in God. And then as a minister of Christ Jesus, with all of our hope in God, 
do whatever it takes to live pleasing in his eyes. That's what godliness refers to. Godliness is not a rule book and you've memorized it and you're going down it. Godliness is what does the Lord say I'm going to obey. That's what a godliness, godly life refers to. It's life by the Spirit. Paul makes a, in writing to the Galatians, makes a distinction between people who are living by rule books, which he called the law, and hoping that they'll be good enough. You'll never be good enough. Jesus makes us good enough. Now we live by the Spirit, and we're sensitive to the Spirit. Whatever the Spirit says to us, we respond. That's living a godly life. So Paul tells Timothy, strive for godliness. The second thing he tells him in our summary wrap-up is watch your doctrine. Coming back to that strange word that nobody uses very much anymore. But it means the, 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 the statement of teachings, the statement of truths, the list of truths. So what we have in this book right here, which is not like any other book in the world, there's no other book like this one. I used to read lots of fiction novels, and sometimes I do. I love stories. I love stories. I get captivated by the story. I like to watch old movies, black and white movies, and, you know, barely color movies. I love them because the stories are there. I love the story. But this is not like any other book on the planet. This contains truths. This contains promises. This is God's word. If you do what it says, you get what it says. If you don't do what it says, you don't get what it says. This is the eternal word of God. God convicted me a long time ago. I was pouring through these series. You know what I used to read? I used to read Star Wars novels. There's a whole bunch of them. I was in my early 20s, and when I got to novel number 25, the Lord convicted me and said, have you read this much of my word? Oh my goodness, that didn't feel too good. I didn't know really how to answer. I didn't want to say no. So I decided to reverse that. So in my mid-twenties, I decided to reverse that. I'm going to read this more than I read any other book. Within this are truths that are presented. And if we live by them, we find ourselves the recipients of what God has for us. Doctrine. What does theology mean? There's another big word. What does theology mean? It is the study of God. It's the study of, okay? Doctrine is a set of beliefs. Is it only applied to the church? No, it doesn't only apply to the church. There are political parties with doctrines. There are, there are other nonprofit organizations with doctrines, okay? Uh, what they're referring to is their statement of beliefs. Do you have any idea what this church's statement of beliefs are? Have you ever looked at them? I, I didn't even know there was a statement of beliefs. I thought we just got together and sang some songs and somebody got up and said something and then we pray for people and go have lunch. Paul makes it clear that 
there is such a thing as doctrine and we should guard over it. That it should be so important to us that if we hear something that doesn't line up with it, we point our finger and say, that's not true. That, that's not right. To be vocal. You and I are being charged in this passage to point out things that don't line up with God's word. That's why when I'm driving in the car and the song comes on, I reference songs where they're in the Bible. My kids get tired of hearing me. When a, when a song comes on that's directly out of God's word, I start telling them where to find that in God's word. And when there's a song that comes on the radio that doesn't line up with God's word, I'll say, hey, hey, hey. Sorry, I woke some of you up. Sorry about that. That's not what God's word said. Here's what God's word says. There's a popular, I don't want to name any songs. No, all right. 2 Timothy 1.13, Paul tells him, what you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching. He's talking about doctrine. With faith and love in Christ Jesus. Take your Bible and turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read fast. You don't have to stand. Somebody give him praise. If you're new here, you've realized we pray a lot and we stand up and sit down a lot. I remember when I first got engaged with Kings, it was way back in the 1900s. And I was unfamiliar. The church, the church that I grew up going to, we didn't, there was no up and down like that. And I got tired. I thought, I'm tired. Church is only halfway over and I'm exhausted. My legs are burning. What is this church? What is wrong with those people? I want a church where we sit down. You don't have to stand every time if you're able to. Okay. Second uh, Timothy 3, and I want, I'm going to read this, and I want you to notice, I want, I want it to jump out at you, Paul's warnings about teachings in the last days and the emphasis of the Word. Okay? And as I'm reading this, you just find those little sections, maybe underline them, chapter 3, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, love, lovers of pleasure, pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They're the kind who warm, worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and swayed with all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janus and Jambers opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know about my teaching, my way of life. Notice the first two things he says. He's now going to counter all the horrible things that he just said. And what's the first two things he says? My teaching and my way of life. 
Or we could say it in our vernacular, you know all about my doctrine and the way I live. Those are the first two things he brings out that in the last days, which you have, if you haven't paid attention lately, I just listed everything that our world is and is diving farther into. And Paul says, pay attention to my life and what I'm teaching. It's the first two things he says. Let's keep going. I want you to hear the word here. Uh, my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happen to me? Okay, in verse 12, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, here we go again, continue what you have learned and become convinced of because you know from those who've you learned it and how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will, be, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word. Be prepared in and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. Look at this, verse 3. For the time will come when, when men will not put up with sound doctrine, there's that word again, instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. So what's the point this morning? The point is, I believe the Lord wants me to say to us to, be, to carefully guard over the way we live and not to adopt philosophies of this world that are catered, catered to gratify self, but to, but to please God in the way we live. And then secondly, to emphasize to you and me to adopt our life according to this, and not adopt this according to our life. That's exactly what he says right here. There's gonna be people who don't wanna hear the truth, so they gather some people around them to say what they're looking to hear. So that they, their conscience can be clear. So they feel justified in the way that they're living. What they're really doing is walking farther and farther and farther from truth. I've asked our media team to make something for you this morning. And I wanna encourage you, I, I teach the Belong class, Minister Barry and I tag team on the Belong class, and every time I teach the Belong class, and I'm sure Minister Barry does too, I charge those that have come to take our statement of foundational truths and make it a Bible study for themselves. When you come to the Belong class or in the Discover track, we have, go ahead ushers, uh, I've asked our media team to make you something, to take home, for you personally or for your, for your family. And I just wanna encourage you, charge you if you'll let me, make this your week, make it this week, turn off the propaganda and the agenda and turn this on for a week. 
and take a look at these. And I'm going to read the opening to you. But get in the word. Find out where did they come up with that? These 16 things aren't something Pastor Daniel just drew up or Dr. Morocco just made up. These are from the word. These are the truths in the word. This is what we're lining our lives up with. So would you take one of these? Give one to somebody. Make it your Bible study. Make it your dinner time this week. Get into the word. Underline these in the word. Find out where they came from. This statement of foundational truths is intended to be a basis of fellowship among us so that we all speak the same thing. The phraseology employed in this statement is not inspired, but the truth set forth is and is essential to the maintaining of a full gospel ministry. This assembly, that's what you are. We're an assembly. We've assembled this morning to worship God. Accepts the Holy Scriptures as the revealed will of God, the all-sufficient rule of faith and practice, which we read in 1 Timothy, excuse me, 2 Timothy. It adopts the statement of foundational truths with the awareness that in the event of a controversy, the senior pastoral leadership of King's Cathedral and Chapels will be the final authority on the Bible's meaning and application for the church. Hey, if you've never seen this, Here's a gift to you. If you lost yours or you wondered where to find it, this is for you. Make it your week. Would you do that? Would you guard over your doctrine? I'm charging you today. Watch your life. Watch your doctrine. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you give you peace.